Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is Valtech's Managing Director of DXP for the Americas and part of the agency's Americas Leadership Team. For over two decades, she has been helping companies and brands excel through digital marketing and business transformation initiatives across multiple verticals. Along the way, she has become an industry thought leader, public speaker, and strategic advisor to many C-suite and board stakeholders. Prior to Valtech, she was a leader with Nonlinear Creations, which is where we actually met about 15 years ago. I was doing the math. It's like, holy cow. She is passionate about equity and building women up, particularly in the field of technology. She is a strong advocate and participating proponent in Valtech's Tech Girl North America, a group designed to highlight opportunities for women in technology and equip young girls, our future leaders, with the skills and tools to take on the tech space. That's just one of the ways she is a champion and mentor to the many organizations and boards she gives both her expertise and time to. A fellow Torontonian, she's a mom, a traveler, and an outdoor enthusiast. Welcome, Allison Abraham. Hi, Kathy. Thank Allie, you. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm, I'm fi- so like, happy to see you. It's been too long. It really has. I mean, we live, what, for our American friends, 20 miles, about 30 kilometers apart from each other, yet we, do. we have to go to places like San Diego to actually see each other. Exactly. <laughs> so I that was the highlight reel. I mean, you do so much, and you both at work and, and outside. Maybe you can give our audience just a little more about you and, and what you do. Yeah, sure. I um, So I have the privilege of doing, holding a leadership position at Valtech. Um, Valtech is a digital global agency, but 6,000 people, gosh, maybe 50 offices now across the world. Um, I have the privilege of running um, with some wonderful counterparts, the Americas. I strictly look at the DXP side um, and have been in the industry for a long time. You kind of aged us of you and I meeting 15 years ago. I've been in the industry for about 25. Um, but honestly, my passion is more around um, opening the door for the next generation. I love things like internships. We don't do it amazingly well post-COVID. Uh, we've got to get back into it. But internships, co-ops, opening the door for young people as they're getting out of grad school, figuring out where their career paths, that's really where my passion lies, to be honest. So mentorships, boards, things like that, where the next generation kind of get those uh, doors open. That's where I love. Yes, I totally aged us. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we started when we were 10. Uh- <laughs> yes. that's good. Let's keep with that. Absolutely. I think one of the things I was just, I was doing another podcast um, and we got into talking about the impacts of COVID on our industry and and the generations and stuff like that. And we've been really slow to recognize those elements that were lost. I appreciate that, you know, it's kind of hard for me to 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 give context to it because I've worked from home for almost 15 years now. So I don't go into an office regularly, but I do think, you know, I get it. Everybody's focused on trying to just trying to get their employees back in the office, let alone anything else. And you can't run programs like internships or um, new, new grad programs and stuff. If there's nobody there to be their advocate and their mentor, because I think that very much can't happen over zoom. No, it can't. It can't. And it's so sad to see, Kathy, you know, you see 
graduate students come out that you hire and they can't turn around in a chair and ask a question of, okay, what does this mean? Or how do I do this? Or what's the process for this? It's who am I going to call? Who am I going to, you know, Zoom, have a Teams meeting with or something. And that's really hard when you don't know the industry or something. So I really feel for people coming out of school right now that just don't have the mentorship and the guidance that we used to be able to do uh, pre-COVID because the offices were full with, you know, young people learning and internships and co-ops. And it's really hard to do it now, especially in a hybrid model that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We're going to pick more up on this, but let's, uh, let's get into the four core questions. So if you're ready, I'm ready. What was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? I was absolutely going to be a lawyer. I was going to rock it in a courtroom. Um, Specifically, I loved mediation. I loved the negotiation of a win-win, but I bombed the LSAT, so that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I kind of go back and do the stats on that. You know me, I'm such a data-driven person. I think lawyer has been um, the number one. Has it? Yeah, absolutely. We all don't like lawyers. So go well, figure. The thing is, you got to look at the women that I'm speaking with, right? We're all like strong-minded, passionate, successful, driven. And if you go back to our our um, role models, like from a, mm-hmm. a TV perspective, lawyer was kind of it. You didn't even really see a lot of women doctors, but you saw yeah. women lawyers. So you maybe tons of lawyers. Yeah. So, huh. Interesting. I'm going to go back and do the numbers on that. Um, who was the first big influencer you remember on your life? Yeah. I mean, it sounds cheesy to say this, but it's certainly true for me. I'm going to say it was my dad. Um, he was a phenomenal entrepreneur, really strong work ethic, which was a great model for me. Um, had a level of resilience and taking risk being an entrepreneur that really stuck with me and stuck in my career. So that work ethic, that resilience, um, and both my parents, everything they did, they did together on their endeavors. And I loved watching that growing up. That was just a really huge imprint for me. It's hard to think of outside of our parents, right? Not everybody grew up in that environment. And I respect that and, you know, appreciate that that's very, very difficult. Uh, But yeah, you learn what you live. So, you know, I was surrounded by entrepreneurs and I really, I was fascinated by what they were doing. I was fascinated by the way of their working. I was fascinated by the risks they took, be it in real estate or in finance or something. So it was a really good, I was privileged in being able to be surrounded with those kind of conversations that allowed me to be able to take that into my work ethic moving forward. What song epitomizes your career or maybe something that you're really associating with right now? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I'm i an 80s child and at heart, so that is truly. So I got to say, and I don't know if you have a song, it's not, a, it's not a, one of the most popular ones, but Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves, Annie Lennox yep. and Aretha Franklin. It is an amazing you know, if you want to feel empowered, blast that song from the 80s of these two powerhouses. And it's still relevant today. It's one of those songs where really, if you listen to the lyrics, still something I stand for, still something that epitomizes my career today. Love that. So Annie Lennox, one of my favorite. I am just, I was crestfallen on Monday, I guess it was. I was in LA last week and saw that Brandy Carlisle was playing the Hollywood Bowl. So my bucket list is to go see somebody at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, it was the day that I was leaving. It was sold out. So I'm like, Ugh, not meant to be next time. 
And then I find out that not only Joni Mitchell, but Annie Lennox played with her at the Hollywood. You missed a good one. Oh my God. (laughs) I was was like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, those are some good places. But yes, that's uh, that's an excellent, excellent song. And what are three words you'd use to describe you and your career? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say resilient. Um, I can swim in the shit for sure. Uh, I would say grateful. I feel very grateful for the position I'm in and the life I'm leading right now. Um, there is a definite element of gratitude to it. Um, and I'd probably say curious. I want to be and am a lifelong learner. Um, I will constantly want to keep growing and keep learning. There's so much I still don't know um, that I look forward to figuring out. Recognizing that as much as you do know, there's still so much more to learn, I think is something, again, that drives our success. Because when you stop learning, you stop growing. A hundred percent. It's, it's the one reason that I love reading, whether it's biographies, it's fiction, it's whatever it's, you're constantly going to university on a daily basis. And I love that part of life. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I mentioned earlier, you know, you've been with Val, uh, yeah, you've been with Valtech that was through an acquisition of nonlinear. What has your career journey been like? I mean, you've been in this industry, the, you know, the tech industry since pretty much day one. We were talking pre-hitting the big red record button about how the shift has what we thought was seeing more women come to leadership roles and really getting into the space. Both you and I have noticed there's been a a backtrack, but I know what I went through um, in the tech industry. Yeah up through the tech industry. I'd love to hear how your journey's been because, I mean, you carved out a a tough path. Yeah, it was, I mean, I also had some luck along the way. I mean, I I took a poli-sci degree at university at Queen's and I was hell-bent on I was going to work in foreign affairs, but I didn't have the French. I was from Ottawa, didn't have the French background, so that was not going to happen. Then absolutely thought I was going to be the lawyer and bombed the LSAT. That wasn't going to happen. And so I had a, a fascination in the arts. And I remember getting a job when I was in my mid-20s at the National Arts Center in Ottawa. And it was it was like gold to me because I snuck into all the performances, be it the symphonies or the, the theater or something. And I thought I just won the gold mine. And of course, at that point, I was probably making like $25,000. It was, it was next to nothing and it wasn't a career. And then I had a girlfriend come to me and go, hey, listen, this tech industry thing is taking off. And Ottawa at that time, if anyone remembers, and again, I'm going to date myself, that was the land of Silicon Valley of the North. That was JDS, Corel, Nortel, like everything was kind of taking off in Canada. And so she said, listen, come, there's this company nonlinear I'm working for. You might want to check it out. So I went for an interview and um, got hired as a project manager. And that's how I kind of started in the tech industry. So it was really by chance. Um, And then probably the most defining moment was there was the downturn um, in 2001. And we had to do layoffs. And that same girlfriend called me the night before they were going to do a massive, massive round of layoffs and said, I'm really sorry, you're going to get laid off tomorrow. And of course I was upset, but I was still young. So I knew I had a whole career ahead of me. 
And so I walked into the room the next day and I can't remember, Kathy, if I ever told you this story, but Randy and Shannon were doing the, the round of layoffs and they were moving people through different rooms. And so if you were going to the room where you were going to be laid off, you were handled by one person. If you were going to the room where you were going to stay, you were handled for another. And I got into the room that I was escorted into and I started looking around going, wow, these are some really talented people they're laying off. And I'm looking around and going, wow, she's going, he's going. I was in the wrong room. And so they had led me to the wrong room. I was supposed to be laid off and I ended up in the wrong room that day and I was kept. And that was probably the most defining moment because it was by pure happenstance that I ended up remaining as one of the 12 people at Nonlinear to grow it back. That I've never heard that story. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, there were 12 of us left. We worked our asses off to build it back up. I mean, if you remember the 20, 2001 kind of dot-com bust, it was hard. It hit really hard. And so that was probably where the work ethic really came in. The entrepreneurial spirit really came in to work that back up and figure it out. And CMSs were, were getting hot. So we were jumping on that bandwagon way back then um, of the old school CMSs. And so building that company to where it ended up being sold to Valtech in 2017 um, was really a mission. It was really kind of what defined me in the tech industry. And I was the only woman at that point. I think I was the only woman left in kind of that industry of men. I was one of 12 and it was, it took a lot to get your voice heard at that time in that day and age, as you can remember. That's an amazing story. You guys must laugh about that now. <laughs> well, that was hilarious. I mean, and I, I still hold it against Jen and Randy. It's like, you guys were going to fire me. Like, why, why, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, so we laugh about it now. And, uh, and of course, as you know, we're super, super, I'm still super close to all those people. And uh, absolutely. You know, but I would probably say, Kathy, that the last seven years as Valtech, completely different job completely different um, responsibility. It's global. It's enterprise. I mean, 6,000 people, 50 offices across the world. I have learned so much more than I did when it was nonlinear. With no disrespect to nonlinear, we had a phenomenal company. But Valtech has just given me such a different um, understanding of the industry at a global uh, stage that is very different to what nonlinear was. So tell me a little bit about that. So, you know, again, you've got this massive role, Valtech. I mean, Nonlinear Creations was one of my favorite organizations. I was always trying to bring you guys into business because you were, thank you. You you got shit done. Like it was just, I never got the call from the client saying, um, you know, that group you brought in? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I hate you. Never, ever, ever. Right. So, um, and I can actually remember talking to uh, somebody at Valtech before. I think you guys were actually probably already in the in the early stages at least. And I, of course, I didn't know that. And right. they were talking about, yeah, we're looking at growth. And I'm like, oh, my God, you've got to look at nonlinear creation. Like, you you guys would just boon if you bought them. Yeah, and, of we, course, we, I find we, out. <laughs> we have something really special. Like, And, you know, we get Absolutely. together, all of us. Uh, we do these, um, these kind of annual get-togethers or, or biannual get-togethers at each other's cottages and just sit and reminisce. And 
we really loved what we did. Uh, we still love what we do, but we really had something special that was really unique and really, um, really special to the growth that I think the four of us went on with each other. And no one else, when you go through that with somebody and the dot-com bust and the boom and all of those things and the ever-changing dynamic industry that we're in, those relationships are everything. Those friendships are lifelong. Absolutely. So the current role that you're in, global role, DXP, don't even get me started on that term. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, you're try- you're, you've worked your way through this crazy couple of years and trying to bring it back and a refocus. Our industry has completely shifted. What are some of the challenges that you're facing? What gets you up in the morning? And are the compromises that you're making because you're an executive leader, you're an industry leader, you're a mom of two, um, you have your own life, you're volunteering, you're doing all these things. And so where do the, where do the compromises come in and how are they maybe different from when it was nonlinear times? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I mean, what gets me up in the morning and gets me really pumped about my job and I do love my job. Um, I love bringing really smart people together to solve problems and watch magic happen. At the end of the day, we are nothing without our teams. And I love empowering teams. I enjoy mentoring people to see their full potential. I love being able to remove roadblocks so teams can really uh, be their best. Um, And I feel very privileged to be in a position of leadership that allows me to do that every day. I think the challenge is I hate to lose. I hate, you know, that account that you lose and you've gone after it and you put your heart and soul in it. Um, I just had one recently and it's, you know, everything you go through, through your mind and you're thinking, oh, what could I have done better? And you feel like you can't get it right all the time. And there's, you feel bad letting a team down that worked really hard. And there's just things that are out of your control, especially when you're in a global company now, nonlinear, we had a little bit more control because we were a little more nimble. Um, And so that's really hard. But I think you can relate, Kathy, in the industry we're in, it's a changing market. It's a changing economy. You're constantly reinventing yourselves. I mean, you talk about DXP, don't get us started on that line. That's a whole other podcast, but like the CMS storyline is old. So, you know, now it's about solving business problems and tools and how do we help companies become more efficient, more mature in the ways of working and driving impact. And that's not just about a replatform. That's about a data story, a content story, an innovation story, and bringing an experience story all together. So, you're constantly trying to change with the dynamic market that's happening. And that's, that's a challenge. That's a challenge on a yearly, almost quarterly basis. Yeah. And it's so frustrating sometimes when things that have worked in the past suddenly don't work. And whether that's a sales tactic, whether that's a marketing application, um, whether it's an onboarding and and working with teams, I mean, the dynamic of a team now, not only because of this whole shift in how we've had to learn how to work, but the generation coming in is so much different mm-hmm. from previous generations. You know, what they think, how they think, how they approach things, how to motivate them. It's like it's a whole other world and I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just, it's just so different. 
And for those of us who have been through already, you know, two or three generations behind us. So bringing, you know, this is like the fourth kind of thing. And it's, it's really made me rethink. I, I was just at Adobe Max last week and they grouped the analysts, the uh, press and the influencers in the same room. Mm-hmm. And you talk about feeling old because <laughs> of course the influencers are all, you know, 25 or younger. They're doing their own thing. Ali, you have never seen so many bare midriffs in a press room. <laughs> You know, and good on them. Like you're doing your job. That's what your audience is expecting. So like, it, but it's, we have to change the way we approach it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there, there was one guy, oh my God, it was hilarious. He's like, what is going on? He was just incensed about like how they were behaving. And, and I'm like, dude, that's their job. Like yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. And it's, and, and each of us brings value to it. Like our old gray hair brings value to certain conversations and their midriff, you know, dressing brings (laughs) value to certain conversations. So it's finding the mix. I find it's, it's really embracing the different ways of working and trying to make sure that the, at the end, the outcome is somewhat the same kind of uh, route you're trying to get to. So um, I I enjoy seeing how the different generations and the different uh, ways of working styles kind of mesh with each other. And it is a challenge. It's always a challenge, especially when you have different, I mean, I'm across the Americas. So take LATAM and take North America and merge it into one. There are very different working styles that are a challenge on a daily basis. Absolutely. So if you weren't this amazing industry leader in the tech space and what would your alter ego be? So there's no limitations on budget or location or whatever. If you yes. weren't doing what you do now, what would you do? I'd probably be in some kind of nonprofit, um, working with children and dedicated to changing cultures in schools. I have a real passion with watching the challenges that schools have in things like bullying, for instance. Um, I've watched it with my kids. I've watched it with friends' kids. And I think they lack mentoring programs. They lack education that needs in there. I think there's some phenomenal organizations that if I had more time, I would absolutely support and be on boards um, that are nonprofits that really, really are there to help educate and mentor kids through some of the most challenging times, middle school, really hard. Um, Everything that you're dealing with now of gender identification and uh, just bullying in general of, of, of straight bullying that we got when we were in school back in our generation, those things I find I, I, I really hone towards a passion of trying to support and help. Yeah, there, there are so many great organizations out there. I've just started vil- volunteering with uh, Girls Inc. Um, mm, who do, great. A, do ama- amazing programs uh, for girls at schools, very tailored to the area and what's needed at that school. And man, I look at what they, what they do with what they have. And it's, you talk about fishes and loaves. It's just, it's Absolutely. just so good. Yeah, it's, it's so great. amazing. So Ali, this has been so fantastic. You've already given us so much insight, but for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice on whether it's life or career, success, happiness, whatever you want to share? 
I would say do not discredit self-care. Um, a lot of people, I've had a lot of people say, you know, and you just said it, you know, how do you juggle the job, the kids, the partner, the, you know, everything, the volunteer, the everything you're trying to do. Number one thing for me is self-care. It is so important. Take care of yourself. Don't feel guilty about it. Um, do the inner work. Like inner work gets unnoticed. It it doesn't get the accolades. When we go on stage, like Kathy, you and I do it all the time. We go on stage, you get the accolades because you're able to do that. But quite frankly, that's that can be a power consumption or sometimes that can even be toxic leadership. Like do the work of humility, of self-awareness, sit in the kind of stuff of the show don't tell and that's where we evolve. That's where transformation of us as individuals and growth happens. And self-care can mean so many different things to so many different people. I mean, I have rituals that are fundamental to me, um, like a morning routine. My morning routines are non-negotiable. My workout in the morning, it's like a cherished monotony schedule of that first cup of tea and that workout that... I'm a better, kinder, calmer person if that happens in the morning, Um, (laughs) you know, and then there's, I limit my exposure to toxic people and toxic content. There's so much that is thrown at us um, on a daily basis that quite frankly, I want to surround myself with people who fill up my cup, don't deplete it. I want to consume content that I feel brings me joy and doesn't take me further away from it. And it's a simple question. What What brings me closer to joy or what brings me further away from it? And there's the answer. Are they part of my life or are they not part of my life? And it sounds kind of harsh, but setting those boundaries in friendships, relationships, content, anything is so fundamental to making sure that your availability is is really um, true to what you believe. I'm not available for that judgment or I'm not available for that toxic content that is free of drama. And I think that's preserving kind of that self-care of being able to do more and be a better person. I love the way you say that. Don't make yourself available to things that are toxic to you. Yeah. And what are toxic to me or you could be different, but understanding that and setting boundaries, that's absolutely, I wish somebody had told me that 25 years ago. (laughs) Well, and as you and I have said before, Kathy, like we've sat, you sit with girlfriends and you know, when you get that warm fuzzy over a bottle of wine feeling, and it's like, bring me more of this. This is what I want. If that's not the way that every interaction feeling is like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Allie, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for today's conversation. We need to get something else on the books where there's no microphone and the bottle of wine. Yes. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) So thank you. And to my audience, thanks for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Allie and hearing about how working from the inside out, building others up will end in success for everyone and making sure that you do things that bring joy in your life every day. It's not going to be all joy all the time, but you need a little bit of joy every day. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list as well as check out the links and resources in our show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey.